I might be a very knowledgeable person and I may be passionate about my project, but I just, maybe I, I freeze up, maybe I'm shy. Like, what can I do to help on the charisma and the confidence side? Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hey, listeners of Superhumans at Work podcast by Mind Valley, giving a quick shout out to our regular listeners. If you're enjoying this content and all the episodes that have been coming up, be sure to leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And if you're listening on any other platform, do connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn at Jason Mark Campbell and let me know what are your favorite episodes. What topics would you like us to bring up? We have incredible guests in the pipeline and we want to interact more with you. So can we bring you the type of content that you're looking for. And so we really appreciate the reviews. When you send those in, we get to reach more people who are looking for this kind of content where they can become superhumans at work themselves. So let's get started with this incredible episode and enjoy. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Campbell and welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I am so excited to bring the guest today because he is a man that I've learned from over 10 years ago. And for those who are more familiar with me, know that I'm someone who is extremely passionate about sales. I think sales is the greatest expression of love. And the first touch that I had with romance with sales was probably with Kurt Mortensen, where he actually wrote tons of books when it comes to persuasion and influence. His book, Maximum Influence, was something I picked up back when I was working in real estate. And my former CEO would get on a stage and completely magnetize everybody into either running to the back of the room to purchase more or just taking every single thing he said word for word with an amazing level of interest, intrigue, curiosity that would make them fall in love and really take massive action. And I couldn't understand what was going on. And so I went up to him and said, how do you do that? And he explained to me that it was all due to this man called Kurt Mortensen, who actually wrote the book Maximum Influence. I picked this up and I see there's 12 universal laws for the power persuasion. I'm like, oh my God, what is this all about? I dig further and now you're going to get to taste what are the ideas behind this man who trains corporations around the world, who's written several books and teaches people on how to be more influential, how to understand the relationship with power and really make a dent in the universe because our communication is really what will get us there. And so with that, it is with my great pleasure that I bring Kurt to the show. Kurt, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm so excited because, I mean, you talk about things around persuasion. You talk about your persuasion IQ. There's so many things we could go deep into, but I wanted to get a bit into your history first since you've been in this industry for over 20 years. So what's the journey? Well, it all starts out. You go to college because everyone says that's the place to go to be successful. And you go, and I went and got my bachelor's degree like a good boy and crossed that off my list. And that didn't seem to be enough. And so then I went and got my MBA in business thinking, okay, now I'm ready for the corporate world. And you get thrust in there and met, no, not even close because 85% of our success are the soft skills, the persuasion, the influence, the emotional intelligence, the people skills. And you realize that you're not dealing with logical people, you're dealing with emotional people and you have to motivate them. And I just felt 
that I wasted all this money. Now, I learned some good things, and I got the piece of paper, but it didn't prepare me for sales, for influence, for leadership, because I was just missing those vital skills. You tell someone to do something, they say no. They say yes, and they still don't do it. <laughs> They're getting emotional or things they shouldn't be emotional. They're bringing things from home, and it just helped me realize that we're not dealing with thinking creatures that feel. We're dealing with feeling creatures that think, and so I started off needing it for me, and so I started monitoring top persuaders and successful people. Like, like you mentioned, your future boss, they just have this, this charm, this magic, and they make it seem so easy. And I'm like, I want that. I need that. I'm going to get that. Mm, I love it. And now it's amazing. You mentioned something there that I want to dig even more. As you said, sales, you said influence, you said leadership. Like they all seem to stem from similar skill sets. What's going on there? They're all a little bit different, but when you look at the success factor, it could be even self-persuasion or negotiation or influence or customer service or sales. Those are all subsets of influence. We all sell for a living. We do. And people don't realize it. They think, oh, well, it's just for salespeople. Most CEOs have a sales and marketing background. It's something we have to master somewhere along the way, whether it be in sales or leadership, somewhere. I put it all under the subset of influence, but the reality is all those things require these skills to get other people to want to do what you want them to do and like doing it. Mm. And so when we started recording this just before the show, we were talking about there's so many different things you speak about, but I wanted to hone in on one aspect here as we get started, which is a lot of people think this idea of influence is only something that comes up once you have a certain title. Like if I'm the boss, I can tell everybody what I want them to do for me. And so if I'm anywhere else in the organization, am I like deprived of the skill of influence? Well, you might be deprived because you don't have it, but you still need it. You look at your upward mobility, you need to have influence without authority. People hide behind, well, I'm not the boss. There's nothing I can do. They won't listen to me. It's another department. Those type of things. And it's a downward spiral. The ability to influence in any scenario, whether you're the manager or boss or whether you're just a coworker or whether it's another department, you have to mash the skill to influence up, influence to the side, and influence without authority. Mm. And so what is it that people usually miss? Like what happens when they don't understand this skill? Like, are you doomed? What do I need to nurture here? Well, first being aware, we need this skill. This is a game changer. And when I teach seminars, it's always at the end of three days, why did I learn this first? You know how much money I've lost? You know how many raises I've lost? You know how many times I've been fired? So just being aware and being aware that there's good skills and there's bad skills. The persuasion and influence has changed. And some people just run out, okay, I need to go get closing skills. And the reality is closing skills is like trying to get a kiss after a bad date, okay? If, if someone doesn't like you or trust you, it doesn't help you out. So it matters the skills you learn, but it also helps you realize that you can influence in any scenario. Bring someone to your point of view when you have the right skills. Mm. And I know you introduced this term where a lot of people are familiar with IQ, which is your intelligence quotient. Then we even mentioned EQ, also very important. But you speak about this PQ, and I wanted to see where does that play in? That's the center of all this. As I monitor top persuaders and as I learn the skills, I put together kind of a, a assessment to help me with research, but to help people realize where their weakness is, to take their persuasion IQ, to see where they rank, to be open and honest, to realize that what they think they're doing right or wrong is very different what they're doing right or wrong. Because we tend to rate our skills higher than they actually are, especially in the business world. For example, 92% of managers rate their managerial skills as above average. Uh, hello? 90% <laughs> of people rate their people skills as above average, and we know that's not true. In fact, you know that annoying person that you work with, uh, the person that rubs you the wrong way, or maybe that person that thinks they're funny but they're not? 
that could be you. That is you, people. <laughs> You're that annoying person. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. You can get along with people like you. To be a true leader and influencer, you get along with people, different cultures and personalities and age groups and departments. Who cares if someone has a different belief? You still have to be able to influence them, but you have these blinders on like, well, you know, it's them, not me. In fact, Harvard did a study that found that 66% of people fired from their jobs are fired because their inability to work with people. But they're never told that because they'll get sued. <laughs> it's like, okay, downsizing. We wish you could stay. They just can't say, yeah, you're a moron. Nobody really likes you. <laughs> and we just don't know sometimes. And that's the big thing, just putting it on the radar. And then once we have that and realize we can improve, now we can start learning the skills. Ooh, now you kind of probably poked on a few hot buttons on a few people. I know for myself, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm not so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe they're just pretending to laugh. <laughs> uh, well, then in this case, Kurt, like if I want to get more self-awareness, like how do I find myself a right footing? Like what can I do to be like, okay, where do I stand on this right now? You could take an assessment or just realize, let's just put it out there. We all need to work on these skills. Let's just put it out there. People skills. I don't think anybody's arrived. Listening skills, questioning skills, influence skills, our mindset. I mean, you talk about the mindset and being great in those type of things. It all comes back to the way the mind works and self-persuasion. And so if we can realize, okay, all of the above, let's start working on these skills. Then we can say, all right, let's dig deep and let's start working on a few things right now, get more tools. Because as you look at influence, the key thing that I've found that most people only have five to six persuasion tools they use over and over again. And there's over a hundred. And as Maslow says, if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, you treat everyone like a nail. And that's the problem because people's default setting as a human, and this is true around the world, is they persuade how they like to be persuaded. And that is completely wrong. We need to learn to persuade others how they want to be persuaded. When you can understand that little piece, now that opens the doors to influence. All right, for everybody listening, we picked up on a lot of information in the first 10 minutes here. So number one is the fact that this persuasion IQ or PQ, this idea that your persuasion skill is a certain intelligence that you can develop is extremely important. Whether you're looking for that raise, you're looking to close sales, you want to get that project approved, you want to be able to lead your team in every single area that you interact with other humans, which is every area of your life, it is an essential skill set. And so the first step that was outlined here by Kurt is the fact that you need awareness. So maybe taking a step back and assume that everyone is overestimating their skills. Because once you go with that assumption, you can stop being the knower and you can go back to being the learner. You should always be developing those skills. And we're gonna talk about some of these critical skills right now because like you said, Kurt, a lot of people say, I just want to close more sales, but it sounds like people are trying to treat the symptom of an earlier problem. And so if I'm diving into developing this persuasion IQ, we talk about listening skills, which the first ones I should do? Well, the first one's always going to be self-persuasion and mindset, addressing the fear, addressing our thoughts, helping people realize that we're only really born with two fears. A newborn baby has two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises, which means, and this just opens up everybody's brain, that means all these fun little fears of rejection and criticism and making a mistake and failure have been learned so you can unlearn them. And, and so if you can't persuade yourself, you can't persuade others. So we start there, 
And then we could move on and address some of the other ones, but that's a real one that people will always work on last. And you know this better than anybody. It's those are the most important skills, but those are the skills that everybody tends to work on last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody wants to do the fun, sexy, the one that's like, oh, yeah, I can put a badge on that, but I don't want to put on my resume that I've mastered myself and my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. What will happen in my like once I start doing that and I start unlearning all these aspects, like am I showing up more like extroverted or am I being more authentic? Like what's going to happen to my behavior here? I believe that you're more authentic. You're more real. That's going to be part of the process. And it's interesting. Latest research shows that introverts are actually better persuaders than extroverts because they tend to listen, ask questions, and consult versus push and be salesy. But the research does show when you feel influential, when you feel confident, when you feel congruent, you are more influential. And so if you can't persuade yourself to do the little things, to to make your bed, to get up at 6 a.m., to read that book, that affects you. And people like to be in denial, but the reality is we could spend years on that piece, but that's the one that we just need to open up, that we need to work on it all the time. Wow. Because you're, you're saying every time you give a command to yourself and don't follow through, you're actually giving commands that you're not authentic right in the process, right? You're not authentic. You're not confident. You're not congruent. It hurts your trust levels all the way through. Wow. And I love the fact that we've talked about how you work on this self-persuasion. You talk about how you can master yourself more. And of course, mindset. Everybody on this podcast is very attuned with understanding the power of setting your mindset to the right place. But now you just mentioned that when you learn to persuade more, you're more authentic? I thought, and a lot of people might think, that when I start learning these skills on persuasion, I'm actually being a manipulative person that's acting inauthentically. What's going on here? (laughs) That's a challenge for a lot of people, because when you learn these skills, and anything I teach, when I was researching laws of charisma, there are a lot of charismatic people in the world through the history of the world. Some were use it for great good, some use it for great evil. Gravity, is it good or bad? Depends if you're falling from a tree. It depends if you're walking. So these are neutral. It comes back to intent. It comes back to, is it a win-win? But it also goes back to, I believe that when you believe in yourself and your product or service, you have a moral and ethical obligation to persuade them. And I know this, I'm going way out there. I'm going way out there for a lot of people. Just take a deep breath, follow me on this here, okay? that when, if you don't persuade them on your product or service, someone else with an inferior product, an inferior company that's not going to give a rip about them is going to take their money and screw them. So this is not manipulation. This is how you're persuading them. You're learning skills to persuade them like they like to be persuaded, to help serve them, to solve their problem. I do not see that as manipulation. I see that as service. You're preaching to the choir, sir. This is exactly what I talk about as well. I love poking at people this way because I think it's important to change that paradigm where both things that you said here that actually start from people's mind is number one, people being wanting to be persuaded the way they like to be persuaded is a super selfish act. And people holding themselves back from persuading others because they don't want to sell is also a very selfish act because they don't have to have to exercise the courage to put themselves out there to be able to beat the competition that has an inferior product. And so you're doing a world of disservice when you don't develop persuasion IQ. Absolutely. When you have a message to share with the world and you hide it and you don't show the world, you're running away from that gift, that's a disservice for everyone. And you need to get that voice and learn how to persuade and influence because someone's going to persuade them and it might as well be you. So everybody listening, this is a moment you take a deep breath, 
and you look at yourself and say, how are you showing up? And are you showing up with your best self to be able to serve? And this doesn't even need to be if the fact that you have your own company or, or you're in a sales position. If you're in the workplace and you're seeing yourself that your ideas aren't getting approved, you could actually be having the great ideas all these times that is not helping the company when you're not learning to communicate them effectively. And so you're in essence holding the company back by not developing the right skills that is required. It's the language to be able to speak and get the right things to move forward. If you're looking for impact, this is the key skill. So now, Kurt, I get it now. Like, okay, I want it. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to start being a bit more authentic here. I want to make sure that a critical action step is do what I say to myself to start building on the discipline before I even start looking at how I influence others. Did I get that right? That's correct. And part of that too is not listening to all the people in your life that try to pull you down and tell you not to do those things. The Aunt Edna, the family gathering that you don't even talk to and you can feel like sucking the life out of you. <laughs> no matter what you do, even if your message is perfect, you have to understand that people criticize you, they'll ridicule you. And that's why it's so important for greatness to follow your heart, to follow your mindset, and do what you know is right. I could do a presentation to 100 people and and 10 people say, Kurt, awesome job, changed my life. And then the one person says, oh, Kurt, I expected more from you. <laughs> so 10 to 1 ratio, which is pretty good. But then everyone's mind's what? On the negative, that one thing. And so we just got to learn to follow our heart. Just like Bill Gates when he was at Harvard and he wanted to quit. And he talked to his guidance counselor. says, no, stay here. Get a four-year degree. And, of course, he had followed his heart. He knew it was the next step. And that's where greatness comes, following your heart, knowing people who criticize, they'll ridicule you. You follow your heart, follow your mindset, then you're unstoppable. Love it. So a lot of self-mastery in the process. And now as I've worked on this and now I want to go deeper, like I've seen your triggers of influence or your laws of influence here. What are some of the top ones that I could start being aware of that most people neglect? Because I know we started off saying, hey, if I have a title and I'm the boss, I can influence everybody else. What are some of these more subtle laws in influence that I could start using right away to get maximum effect? Well, let's back up and start with the concept of power and influencing without authority. We get so stuck, especially in the corporate world, that, well, they're the boss, so I can't do anything. And we grow into influence up to the CEO, the vice president, and, well, they're the boss. And you feel, you feel powerless, you act powerless, you are powerless. You have to realize when you influence up and influence without authority, you have to realize you have power. And you need to sit down and address that power that you have and act with that power, not in an arrogant way, but in a way that gives you a little more energy to persuade. Because if you feel powerless, you are powerless. So you sit down and think, okay, we all understand authority power. They're the boss, right? Or title power. We know that when you get a nice big title that people are easier to influence. But I'm talking about other forms of power. For example, we've all heard knowledge is power. When you go influence the CEO, you know more than they do about your area, your expertise, your department, what you do. Act like it. Not in an arrogant way, but act like it. Knowledge is power. When you're the expert... There's very little persuasion resistance when you're accepted as the expert. Another form of power is your passion about the product or service. Charisma, being confident. Trust is a form of power. When people trust you, it's easy. When, when they trust you and like you, it's even easier. In fact, I did a, was doing a study the other day and I looked at when you can identify what's in it for them and they trust you and like you, you have an 88% chance of influence. But we just move past, oh, they trust. that's a whole other element. Do they trust you? What do you have to exchange is a form of power. You do this for me, I'll do this for you. You have these other forms of power that 
that you can use. So don't go in feeling powerless. Brainstorm it. At least you have the knowledge, have the passion. Hopefully you've developed the trust. Those type of things can go a long way to influencing in any scenario, especially when you're influencing up. I love that. So there's a couple of these that I want to dig more into. So one of them I think is pretty clear is the whole idea of passion. It feels like this one is something that would naturally like take my abilities or at least my my side of being enthusiastic and just bring more energy to a conversation. So making sure that you're in a place where what you do, you're passionate about actually is something that just makes your body language and everything else kind of light up. And so that one seems to be kind of an easy one to align if you are in a position of passion. Is that correct? It is. So that, that's a simple one to understand. I, and the way I put it is that when you're speaking to someone, you're singing the words or you're singing the song. I mean, that's just a good way to put it. Are you really feeling it? And when you feel it, they'll feel it. Mm. So that one I like because it's a quick and easy one for people to apply. Now, the one on knowledge, it's very interesting because if you're a subject matter expert within the company, you should naturally have that knowledge. And if you want to develop your knowledge more, you can clearly see that it is a path to actually help you in your persuasion skills. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when people walk into a meeting with the superior, they have to kind of claim that knowledge power and be confident. Like this is where the other elements of confidence and charisma come into play. Those seem a little less tangible on how do I develop that? Because I might be a very knowledgeable person and I might be passionate about my project, but I just, maybe I, I freeze up. Maybe I'm shy. Like what can I do to help on the charisma and the confidence side? Well, a lot of it's going to be preparation. Too many people in the corporate world just show up to wing it. They don't walk in the room confident. They make sure every word on their presentations on a PowerPoint slide so they don't forget. And that's never persuasive. That's never charismatic because they didn't prepare. They spent all their time on the slides versus the practice knowing their things and being the expert. You, have, you can never assume that people are going like, to trust you and, and you're going to do that. But if you can, we found in the sales world, for example, if you could teach somebody something new in the first two minutes about anything, about the product, about service, about a study, about something new, something unique, a different application, in that first two minutes, that gives you a little more credibility and confidence and they accept you more as the expert. That might be something to think about in the first two minutes because if they're not listening, you can't blame them. You have to blame yourself because there's no such thing as a boring topic, only boring presenters. And so you've got to get in there and maintain that and own it. Practice. Part of that's mindset. But part of it, just try that two minutes, that first two minutes, something new and unique. Then you're going to grab their attention. I love how unapologetic you transfer responsibility to the seller (laughs) or to the influencer. And I think that's so important as well. No more excuses, people. Mm. And so the last one I wanted to dig in on that you mentioned was trust, because the trust seems to be something that comes with a lot more consistency. What if I'm standing in a place where I actually, people don't trust me? Like what typically leads to that? What can I take responsibility on and how do I change it? Well, just assume they don't, because that's a big shift in the world of persuasion. Because even though all your listeners are good, trustworthy people and people should trust them, things have changed. So 20 years ago, I trust you, give me a reason not to. Now it's, I don't trust you, give me a reason to trust you. So never assume that people trust you. That's one of the first things you have to understand. And then realize it could be the way you're dressed, external surroundings in your office. It could be just in your profession. Some professions are more trusted than others. We know that pharmacists are more trusted than lawyers and firefighters are more trusted than police officers. That's just kind of how it's set up. And so trust is the glue to everything we've been talking about. When they trust you, persuasion and influence becomes very, very simple because deep down people want to be influenced by someone they trust. That's the expert that's going to lead them in the right direction. Hmm. 
And so you mentioned this whole shift about 20 years. Like, is this skill of influence something that we need even more today? And how has it shifted in these last 20, 30, 50 years? Yeah, we need it more than ever. It's shifted because, well, trust is an all-time low. People are more skeptical than ever before. We are bombarded with over 5,000 persuasives of messages a day, so we become numb. But the worst thing is I call Google because everyone's the expert. In fact, I was training a group of medical doctors, and they go to school for, what, 8, 12 years, whatever it is, and someone comes in, they take all the tests. The doctor comes in the room in their white coat and says, all right, here's your regimen. This is what you need to do. This is what you have. Here's your prescription. So the person goes home, and they Google it. And somebody in, in Indiana in the United States says, no, no, the doctor's all wrong. Just eat a banana. And so what's crazy, do they believe Banana Boy or the doctor more? They believe Banana Boy because they saw it on the internet. Everyone's an expert. And so that changes the field. So A, there's a lot of information they have access to, which could be good, but it also could be bad. But it also makes everyone think they're the expert, and a lot of times they really aren't. Mm, And so that's huge with social media, with Google, with everything out there. There's so many more overloads of information. And now a lot of people are actually probably becoming more aware of these influence tools and have ways of manipulating kind of the trust and all that seems to be much more relevant today and easy to do today. And so I wanted to end this on kind of the responsibility that we have as we get more powerful by using these ideas around influence. What is our moral responsibility that you think people should have? And where would the future be when it comes to being able to influence more? Well, the more tools here, the key is we talked about getting more tools. Most people have five or six, so getting more tools, being a better influencer, persuading them how they want to be persuaded is very important. You brought up a good point, is that the old-style closing skills don't work. If you need to close someone, you blew it someplace else. They don't trust you. They don't like you. Something else is up. And so your goal is to help them persuade themselves. Because here's the key. The moment they sense you're going to try to persuade them, they're going to resist you, even though they need it, want it, like it, and can afford it. So if you can learn the skills, help them persuade themselves, make sure that it's a win-win and that you're going to serve them with your whole heart, mind, and soul and take care of them. Again, like I said, you have a moral and ethical obligation to persuade them. And as we move into the future, there'll be a different things happening. We've learned more about the human brain in the last 10 years and the last 100 years combined, why we do what we do. And up to 95% of influence involves a subconscious trigger. You mentioned those triggers earlier. It could be a, the color, a sound. Uh, your sound, the tone of your voice, a uh, word, all these things come into play that we need to be aware of, especially more and more as the world changes, information changes, and persuasion changes. Kurt, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing so much so rapidly. This was a jam-packed episode, and I want to make sure people really caught the fact that the first influence that you're going to really work on is your self-influence, self-mastery, understanding that the first commands that come in from trying to persuade others isn't when you speak, but it's when you convince yourself and the words you tell yourself. And as you actually start actually doing what you say you're going to do, you're building the right discipline and you're building the right mastery so that when you go to influence others, the voice that you use, the way that you communicate will come with more confidence, more charisma, and you'll be able to start applying more and more of these laws. We talked about how the title is not just the only thing that creates influence, although it does allow you to have more power, 
you are not powerless. There are so many other tools that you can use to influence others. We talked about your knowledge. We talked about your passion. Just being able to show up with singing a song as opposed to reading the words, as Kurt mentioned, can make a massive difference in the way that your ideas get approved, your product gets sold, the people come work for you, regardless of the position that you have. It is one of the most essential skills that is required for you to move up the ladder or to grow the business. And it's by no coincidence that most of the people in leadership positions seem to have a background in sales and marketing because they've had some understanding of influence. And so don't resent the fact that you might not be at a place that you feel you can persuade as effectively as others. Know that it is a learnable skill and there are so many resources available for you to develop that, starting with yourself and then stepping more and more into these new ways that you can do it. And if I can recommend highly a place to start if you wanna have maximum influence and really develop your persuasion IQ, well, it's with the man himself, Kurt Morstensen. He has made a massive influence in my life, and I know he would do the same if you go deeper into his material. Kurt, what are the best ways people can find you? My podcast is at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. If the listeners want to get a free copy, a digital copy of Maximum Influence, they can go to TakeYourIQ.com. And not only take their assessment, it's a quicker version. For helping with my research, I'll give them a digital copy of Maximum Influence. Much appreciated, Kurt. Thank you again for coming on the show and everybody listening. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jason Campbell. And until next time. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.